Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Patty. Happy birthday to you. Everyone else, (laughs) welcome to Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. I'm so excited. I'm your host, Pamela Staten, and today I'm dedicating the podcast to my big sister, Patty. There's nothing like, I guess, a blood relative, huh? Someone that you love, someone that you trust, someone that you really care about for all eternity. So happy birthday. Let us pray in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. And Hope for Each Day had a lot to say. Um, First, they were talking about angels are watching us. Titus chapter 2 verse 12 says, We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. God's command to live righteous and godly lives should sober us. For the Bible tells us that our lives are heaven's primary concern. Paul said, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the chosen angels that guard and keep these rules. Think of it. Even the angels of heaven are constantly watching how we live as Christians. It is merely curiosity on their part, wondering if we will fail or prove faithful. They know the hour is urgent and that what we do is important. Eternal issues are at stake and we are in the midst of a cosmic struggle. Don't think it doesn't matter how you live, because it does. It matters to God, and it matters to his holy angels. It also matters to those that are around you. You are to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. That's Matthew 5, verse 16. Also, First John chapter 2, verse 15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. Christians are warned not to love the world. And some have misunderstood it. Worldliness is an attitude, a spirit, an atmosphere that permeates the whole of human society. 
It is an attitude that puts self first and ignores God and his commandments. It's horizon in this present world and it never gives a thought to God or to eternity. It exhibits itself in a thousand different ways, in our habits, in our selfish pleasures, in a grasping for material things, in our driving ambition, in exalting oneself at the expense of others. We must avoid everything that God has labeled sinful. And of that, there can be no doubt. Some elements of daily life aren't necessarily sinful in themselves, but they only become sinful when they are abused. Pleasure isn't always wrong unless it is abused. Ambition is an essential part of true character, but abused, it can destroy us. So be on guard, lest a spirit of worldliness creep into your life. The Bible warns, do not love the world or the things of the world. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Psalm 139, God values faith. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. The Bible has scores of references telling us how much it pleases God for us to trust him for our every need. The Roman soldier expressed great faith when he told Jesus to just say the word and his servant would be healed. Jesus told his disciples, look at the birds. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. God values our trust in him above every other character quality. By spending time in God's presence through prayer, through worship, and by reading his word, we develop trust. And as we step out in faith and discover that he really can be trusted, we know that we can trust him for every need in our life, every single one. I love it. Stay right there. We'll be right back with some more prayers. I love sharing from Joni Tada. Yes, God, I am a very tiny soul in your vast universe. Yet for some reason, you have loved me and chosen me and you call me by name. You have said, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. 
I can lose myself in your greatness, but can never be lost to you. Amen. Living the Christian life is so opposite to and so against the grain of human nature. Scripture exhorts us to rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice. Our first inclination may be to wave it off. We may prefer to fall into the easy rut of being negative or depressed. Common sense, however, warns us that this will only make things worse. Listeners, we are to rejoice in the Lord always and then again (laughs) and do it with an exclamation point. Christians can rejoice because their ground for doing so is not in circumstances, but in the Lord. We are to rejoice in chronic pain, rejoice in rejection, rejoice in bankruptcy. The Lord is near, and you can keep a bright outlook in the midst of any hardship. You can have peace of mind when you know that the Lord Jesus himself is close at hand and has you covered. Lord, I know there's no getting around this command. It's as clear as any verse in the whole Bible. You want me to find courage, joy, and hope in you all the time and in every circumstance. I may not find anything to sing about in my situation, but there are endless, endless reasons to sing about you. Amen. And here's a good one. It says, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, we are saying, give us each day our daily bread. Why should we have to ask? God knows what we need. And why do we ask every day? Why not ask for a whole week or a month or a year? The answer is, God knows us better than we know ourselves. He has determined that we should feel and recognize our daily, even hourly dependence on him. That way, we will have to go to him often to his throne for help. We will be daily reminded that we are needy and that he provides. We will be reminded that we are weak and he is strong and there is nothing without him and you have everything through him. Jesus tells us that each morning everyone gathered as much mana as they needed. A day's supply awaited them, but they had to get up every morning and gather it. Amen. Lord, how foolish of me to imagine that I can slip into cruise control and get by without coming into your presence each day. I need fresh mana from heaven. I need a fresh filling of your spirit. 
I need a new set of directions from your word. I need a renewed sense that you are with me today, this moment, right now, always. And I think that is why this is a daily podcast. Because I, as much as you, need God daily. Okay, God's promises for your life. It says the blood of Christ does not cover your sins. It does not conceal your sins. It doesn't postpone your sins or diminish your sins. The blood of Christ takes away your sins once and for all time. I love it. Jesus allows your mistakes to be lost in his perfection. Amen and amen. You've heard the term on fire and it means a good thing usually when we hear it. Luke chapter 12 49 says I have come to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already blazing. Jesus' words about setting the earth on fire can be confusing, even frightening, because it might remind us of a forest fire that consumes everything in its path. And it's true that fire in scripture often symbolizes the purifying presence and judgment of God. But fire also represents the Holy Spirit, particularly in the Gospel of Luke and in the book of Acts. In Luke, John the Baptist prophesies that the Messiah will come to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And Jesus does just that. Before his ascension, he tells his disciples, I am sending the promise of my fire, of my Father, upon you, and you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit fire. He then fulfills that promise on the Pentecost when the Spirit comes upon them like tongues of fire. Jesus longed with all his heart for the Holy Spirit to fill his disciples and the whole earth. He couldn't wait to see the fire of the Spirit blazing forth and bringing light to every dark corner of the world. And this was why he came. It was the goal of his entire mission. And it's why he would endure baptism of his passion and death. Jesus' heart burns with love for us, and he wants his spirit to fill us with that love. Like fire, the spirit changes everything he touches. His fire will warm our hearts so that they burn with love for him and the people around us. His fire will purify our hearts so that we will want to live holy lives that please the Lord and his fire will inflame our hearts with a passion to tell everyone about the love of Jesus. Yes, 
Jesus wants that transforming power to blaze in each of us until it fills the whole earth. So let's pray together. Come Holy Spirit, set my heart on fire. I love that. I love that. That came from Sister Virginia at my church. Beautiful passage. Thank you, Sister. Okay, we'll be back in just a minute. Can't help but come back. In Touch Magazine today talks about getting rid of anger. The Apostle Paul wrote extensively about the character and conduct of believers. He urged Christians to live in a manner worthy of their calling and to be imitators of God. And that's Ephesians chapter 4. His letter to the church is all include an explanation of what it means to live a godly life. One important goal is to eliminate sinful habits and behaviors and instead take on those that are acceptable to God. The acts of the flesh are no longer to be a part of us. We now have a new nature and should conduct ourselves accordingly. So let's look at Galatians chapter 5. And it In verses 19 to 21, it says Paul lists specific behaviors that have to cease among those who are fueled by anger, hostilities, strife, outbursts of anger, and and dissensions. These ungodly attitudes and actions are to be replaced by the fruit of the Spirit. If we are full of love, full of joy, full of peace, full of patience, full of kindness, full of goodness, full of faithfulness, full of gentleness, and full of self-control, well, we won't be hot-tempered. Instead of speaking rashly, we'll interact with others with the wisdom of Christ We all struggle with some form of ungodly behavior, but we don't have to continue in it. Change is possible because Christ has broken sin's power over us and his spirit works continually to transform us. Amen. And that brings me to today's title, that broken people exist. It is sad, brothers and sisters, and some of us may even struggle from it ourselves, but you can be broken. There are people who are broken. As with everything else, you've got to leave it with Jesus. You got to give it up to God There is nothing that you can do if a person is broken. You can love them, but it really is up to God to take care 
of their lives. From Prayers from the Wilderness, let us pray. Gaze up to heaven. Father, as I start this day, you know what I will encounter. Realizing your watchful eye is my protection, provides me with comfort and strength. It is my assurance that I am not alone. Your watch over my life provides a barrier from hurt and harm. I praise you for watching over me so that I do not have to swim through unfamiliar waters with no direction or plan. I know your intentions are all encompassing and they include problems that surprise me but are not unknown to you. I praise you for guiding me with your eye from danger to safety, from darkness to light, from sorrow to joy. I am continuously amazed by your omnipresence. As you watch over me, Lord, you are simultaneously overseeing the affairs of the universe. The fact that you consider me to have significance in the grand scheme of the world is awesome, and it is proof of your unconditional love for me. I praise you for leading me away from people who desire to poison my mind, poison my spirit, and you are ushering in those who know your language of love and faith. Thank you, Jesus. But I also praise you for the unbelievers in my life for whom I hope to be a living example. Father, I'm thankful every day is a new experience with you. I marvel at the ways in which you lead me. Sometimes it is morning prayers confirmed with a word from a sermon. Sometimes you place discernment in my spirit. And sometimes it is a clear word from the Holy Spirit telling me what I need to do and where I need to go. But it is always your love that is being poured into my life. So Lord, I praise you for your protection. I praise you for your love and I praise you for your continuous leading and watchful eye. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. You are my rock and my fortress. And for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Amen. Stay right there. John chapter 10 verse 4 says, When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And John chapter 10 verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that reassurance. 
thank you, Lord, for everything. And thank you, listeners, for coming to pray with me today. We always are getting these blessings started. Make sure you start your day in prayer, either with this podcast or with your own ritual. But put God first and he will return the favor. Come back tomorrow. Jesus loves you. I love you. Bye for now. Please visit anchor.fm forward slash Pamela hyphen M hyphen Staten forward slash support. Thank you. As you know, every little bit helps.